HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. Meet and Three is back. We're kicking off our fourth season and celebrating HRN's 10th anniversary with a very special episode about our home, Brooklyn. Roberta's was such an interesting place with such a strong gravitational pull and attracted all these different groups. The neighborhood has changed a lot over the past decade from its culinary renaissance to the complicated implications of gentrification. I would say the majority of the people who are members of our co-op definitely have a certain purchasing power, are mostly white, and we are trying to change that. We're taking you on a journey that spans the birthplace of food radio to buzzy neighborhood pollinators to the transformative health journey of our borough president. That was my moment of, you know, wow, someone has thrown me a life raft and I'm going to take it. Subscribe to Meet in 3, that's M-E-A-T plus sign T-H-R-E-E, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to HR and Happy Hour. It's five o'clock somewhere, and somewhere is Bushwick. I am not your host, Kat Johnson. Kat's not here today. I'm your other host, Katie Mosman-Wadler. I'm the executive director of Heritage Radio Network. I am joined by a full studio of amazing people. To my right, Hannah Forden, program manager of HRN. Hi, Hannah. Hey, what a glorious Thursday we're having. It's It's so beautiful. It's like a breath of fresh air. I feel like I can finally believe that summer's coming. It's true. I think it, we made it. Is it here? I think it might be here. Is it here? I think it is. It like broke it's 70. It's been raining so much. Yeah. It's been rough. It's been it's been a sad, damp spring. And <laughs> we are charging full and force We have been December. sad and damp, but now we're happy. It's sun is shining. We're going up to the roof after this. Can't wait. What could be better? No, nothing. Nothing, nothing we, at yeah. all. Um, also in the booth, we have the lovely Amanda Wang as our engineer. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. I also have some very special family members here today. Sometimes they're tuning in from Texas and texting me in the middle of the show, but today they're here themselves live. We have Carrie Nichols Williams. Hi, my Hi, sister. sister. Thank you so much for having us, and it is a perfect New York day today. It indeed is. You guys brought the best weather with you from Dallas. Thank you. <laughs> so happy to do that. <laughs> and also with Carrie, Scott Simonson. Welcome, Scott. Oh, it's so nice to be here. 
you are the uh, probably most seasoned radio personality in the room. So um, we'll have you talk a little bit more about that later in the show. But it's a delight to have you here on our airwaves. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And our special guest today is Bobian Dempsey, who owns Dua Cafe in the East Village, uh, which serves Albanian cuisine. It's one of my new favorite spots and uh, conveniently is right by my house. We'll talk more about that. I love it so much. Welcome, Bobian, to the show. Thank you for having me. Hi. Hi. Beautiful, yeah. <laughs> it's um, just such a good day to come to Brooklyn, yeah. especially for us East Villagers yeah. to go underground and you don't know what you're going to find when you pop back up, but it's a beautiful day in Bushwick. You find pizza. Pizza. So much pizza. Did you know that we have pizza in New York? Have you heard? We plan on eating all the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> we have some pizzas here. Um, but some of the best pizza is, in fact, at Roberta's. We're very spoiled here. We very eat it spoiled. from time to time. And just and, and, you'll, and I will never get sick of it, which mm-hmm. seems impossible, but it's not a always thing. excited. It's not a thing. Yeah. You can't ever get sick of pizza. Um, it's true. Hannah, do we have any announcements this week? We really do. Um, (laughs) We have a really fun event coming up uh, Monday, June 3rd, which all of you should go and buy your tickets for right now because uh, it's going to be amazing and we have some limited seating. Um, So if you've ever wanted to venture into the food world, whether it's opening a restaurant, launching your own brand, maybe going into food media, we have set up a line of experts on those subjects who will be kind of taking us through um, the ins and outs, the ups and downs, the failures, and some very comedic stories, I'm sure, um, from the industry. Um, So we'll be seeing Zara Tangora and Bretton Scott, the hosts of Life's a Banquet here on HRN, Uh, Dana Cowan of Speaking Broadly, Eli Sussman, host of The Line, and his brother Max will be joining us, and Allison Kane, who is the host of In the Sauce, will be talking to Jenny Britton-Bauer of Jenny's Ice Cream, which is some of the best ice cream in the world. Um, And the event is going to be at Haven's Kitchen, which is a beautiful venue in Chelsea. Um, So we hope to see you there. You can check out tickets on Eventbrite. You can check out our socials. It's going to be inspirational, entertaining. There will definitely be rosé cider from Wolfer. There will. There will also be smoked salmon from Paris Gourmet. There may or may not be musical numbers, but why would I say that if that wasn't going to be a thing? I just don't know because panel discussions don't usually have musical numbers, but I have a feeling this might be a little different. I think it's, I have an inkling. Yeah. There will be singing. A twinkling. A twinkling. It's going to be fantastic. So don't miss out. Please come. Please come. It's going to be very fun. Um, and then another exciting thing that's coming up this summer is our annual summer fun drive. This is the part where we ask you for money. Yes. So get ready for it because not only will we be asking you for money, but we will also have a whole lineup of amazing new presents for you if you become a member of HRN. So just want to tease that a little bit. You'll be seeing them very soon on our website, on our social media, and you're going to want to wear this swag to rep your very favorite food radio network um, because we're looking cooler than ever. Yeah. We ran into Falco the other night who designed our swag and uh, we've got a really, really cool inspirational spinoff from the Illuminati pizza eye that you might be familiar with from the paw holders. Thank you, previous members. Um, The Illuminati eye is going to make another appearance, so Mm -hmm. stay tuned. Yes, it's the 10th anniversary edition of the... Illuminati Eye Pizza, and you're not going to want to miss out. So stay tuned and get excited to support HRN because we we need it. There's no HRN without all of our listeners. Truth. Truth. Okay, we've got a couple of headlines, and then we're going to jump into our interview. 
So we have some recommended listening if you want to hear more about uh, the East Village, which is a constantly changing culinary scene here in New York, and it is home to our guest restaurant, Dua Cafe, and to our executive director, Katie Mosman-Wadler. Um, so to learn more about the history of Japantown in the East Village, listen to episode 14 of Japan Eats. Host Kiko Katayama welcomes Shuho Yagi, who is the owner of TIC Group, to the studio for a talk about his life and times building a successful business, helping to define Japanese cuisine in New York City, plus establishing Japantown right here in the East Village. You can also listen to a special episode of The Speakeasy by fellow, well, former but still works in the East Villager, um, Souther Teague, host of The Speakeasy um, and owner of Amoria Margo. He also works with Blue Quarter and uh, the new bar that just opened above Mother of Pearl that used to be Cienfuegos. If you want to get some vegan barbecue, go check it out. Um, anyway, very, very amazing bartender. This one was recorded on site at Blue Quarter, and that is absolutely one of our favorite bars in the East Village. Uh, pro tip, if you like tea, all of the cocktails are tea-based, and they're amazing, um, and they're also like highly potent, so uh, don't let the tea make you think it's going to be like a mellow drink. They're delicious. So this is episode 313. Southern Damon are joined by Jeff Bell and A.K. Hada of the legendary PDT, Please Don't Tell. You'll hear all about hot dogs because PDT is behind Criff Dogs on St. Mark's Place uh, and clandestine entrances. Also, last-minute flights to Hong Kong and American Brandy. But please don't tell. And last but not least, check out Eli Sussman's interview with Chef Nick Kim of Shuko on episode 80 of The Line. They discuss omakase and kaiseki menus. Uh, Shuko has received three stars and was a critic's pick from Pete Wells in The New York Times. So check that out if you want to just learn about only a few of the places to eat and drink in the East Village. There are a lot so of many. places. Very it's overwhelming many. to it's, pick. It's pretty crazy. So um, you may have heard me talking uh, when I talk about my neighborhood a lot on the show. Uh, it's been pretty wild on 14th Street the last uh, year, really. Um, if you've been out there, you know there's a lot of like crazy construction for the L train going in. They tore down a whole bunch of the old tenement buildings. They put in a gigantic Target and some luxury apartment buildings. Um, it's been a time of like pretty tough transition for a lot of the businesses that have been part of the neighborhood. Um, but also a few really pleasant surprises in the new additions category of small locally owned businesses, um, which is why I'm so excited to have Bobby on here from Duo Cafe. Hey. Can you tell us about uh, just a little bit about the cafe in general? So Duo Cafe, it's uh, means love in Albania and it's, um, I think it's the first Albanian restaurant in Manhattan. I mean, there are Albanians that own Italian places or Greek places or any other things. But uh, I think we are the first one, and it's a small, cozy, like very typical and very uh, traditional food. So basically, it's like a Mediterranean. Uh, the ing ingredients are basically garlic, um, herbs, and just seafood and dough and meat all, all together. Yeah, but it's really healthy food. It's, it's very healthy. Yeah, yeah. it's so lots delicious. Of, lots of vegetables too, and yeah. I, I think I can confidently say it was the first Albanian restaurant that I've ever been to, um, and some of the food is kind of familiar. Some of it is new, but it's all like ingredients that are familiar and presentations that you've maybe seen before. But it all comes together in this really beautiful way. Uh, how many seats are in the restaurant? They're about like uh, 20, 22. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's quite Most, a lot. Yeah. A lot. And you have the like 
potential to expand a little bit onto the sidewalk now. Right, a little bit like four tables, like four small tables. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're trying to do like to bring, you know, the grandma's food or mom's food into, because it's, as, again, you know, it's the first Albanian. And then, you know, it, it's good. I, I don't know, people like it, seems to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could say I went in there not knowing what to expect yes. at all. It was a really, really rainy night. Chris and I were looking for something, some place close to eat. And I was like, okay, well, we, this place has been open. I don't know for how long and we'll try it. And we were just so stunned and happy when we found out what was actually happening behind those doors. It's kind yeah. of a dark entryway. Yes. It's a little mysterious when you walk in. And uh, we were just delighted. Um, so how long have you been open in that location? We've been open for like three months now. So it's, it's fairly new, it's brand new, and yeah, that's it. How's the reception been it, so it's far? It's beautiful. Sometimes we have like 90% it's uh, American, 10% Albanians, mm -hmm. and sometimes we have like 90% Albanians, 10% uh, Americans, so it's like mixed it up, you know? Mm -hmm. From both sides, we have nice uh, reviews and all these kind of, people like it, so we're, ha we're, we're happy. I mean. Is there a lot of unity in the Albanian community in New York City, or like how how do the Albanians know that you're there? Believe it or not, but through the um, uh, Facebook or like Instagram mostly. Mm -hmm. And then I was lucky enough to some Albanian celebrities walked in, mm. and so they made it happen. You know, like a famous photographers or celebrities, like uh, models or actors. You know, they make in here. Some of them are singers, and it went like that, you know, it went like crazy. Mm -hmm. I didn't do any advertisements, or I was trying to do, you know, the um, the Stite Town? Mm -hmm. That's so, where I live. Right. <laughs> so somebody came and uh, showed me the uh, the newspaper. And so they said, would you like to advertise in here? And I said, maybe, you know, but then this thing happened, and I completely forgot, you know, yeah. because it blew. <laughs> Well, they're, yeah. they do a lot of newsletters. Mm -hmm. You should get in there. Um, but also, I kind of don't want anybody to know because I want yeah. to have it all to myself. Yeah. Um, but I guess by inviting you here, I've kind of blown it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, the secret um, is officially out. Yeah. So so our street, there, there's this Target, which I feel like we can't not talk about the Target. It is absolutely massive. It has... Target. <laughs> it has everything. It's it's like yeah. it's not maybe it's not a full size Target, but it has the groceries, it has the fresh produce, yeah. it has meat, which I thought was like very weird. Um, it's across the street from Associated Supermarket, um, but it has quite a lot of groceries. It has clothes. It has a whole home section. It's got like the whole pharmacy, personal care, furniture, like sports stuff. It it really has a lot. So parts of the neighborhood have really embraced it and said like it's brought in all these things that we didn't have access to. It's so convenient. And then other parts, and I think a lot of us feel all of these things at once where it's like, what's this going to do to the bodegas? The bodega that I used to go to all the time is already out of business. Um, you know, rents in the neighborhood are very expensive. What is this going to mean? And so kind of how does it feel to be part of this block that's changing to be an independent business and you've seen you know there's a, a new cafe down the street um there's kind of a, a mix of now like big chains moving in and small independent businesses and how is it for you as a new business owner um kind of fitting into that uh environment i mean it's tough you know i i saw the other do you remember the uh, the rotisserie chicken next mm -hmm. door to us mm -hmm. They closed after like two months. Yeah, they know? were only open for a second. Yeah, and I felt so sorry. You're right, you know, everything is there. Like Target, it's like a supermarket now. Mm -hmm. So I guess, you know, when you open a business, I think here how it works, what I've seen, it's uh, they give you an opportunity. 
like everybody comes to try it out, you know, even though some of them might know, some of them might not, but then they walk by like you did. And then, so our goal is now to keep it, you know, that way. Mm-hmm. So I think this is the key to survive, you know, just keep it authentic and a great service or with a smile and, you know, just be yourself, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the rent and all this, yeah, it's expensive, but if people come in and then maybe we just uh, try to survive, I don't mm-hmm. know. Well, the yeah, foot traffic in that area is singular, I think, that, like, there's so many people always wandering around who are coming from bars or coming from work, and I, you probably get a lot of walk-ins, which sets you the village You get some, apart. you don't, because no? in the morning, they just go from A to B. You know, mm. everybody's running, running, running. <laughs> and then afternoon, right, some of them, they stop because they have more time, you know, they're going home, so, yeah. We get both, I mean... Yeah. I think Let's that see. it's going to it's going to be interesting because right now 14th Street still has these huge barricades cuz they're digging up the um like the whole subway tube system they're putting in uh, they're building a whole new entrance to the subway on Avenue B and that's going to be I think like produce a lot more traffic and they're building some kind of power station so right now it's just like these huge walls on either side of the street and I think as those start to come down like your block Bobian that now looks so much more beautiful than it did a couple months ago it's just cleaning up so I think once that comes down it's going to really help some of the businesses in the neighborhood but I mean, it's just amazing to see, like, how much they can tear up for how long. Um, and this is, like, without the subway even shutting down. Like, we thought that there was going to be nothing. Um, but, like, City Bike is gone from that street. All of the businesses have um, signs. So, you know, like, the, the Tiki Bar Auto Shrunken Head is there. And uh, because the city has built these huge walls and you can't see what's across the street, they have to put signs on the barricades so that when you walk by, it says, like, hey, over there, here's what you could find to try to help the businesses get some of that foot traffic back. It's just really funny to see, like, auto shrunken head having, like, a sign on a city fence. Um, But it's kind of coming together, I think. Um, Well, Bobian, I'd like to know more about um, your sort of transition to becoming a restaurant owner. Did you always know that you wanted to work in food? And uh, is this something that you knew, like, when you were a kid, this is what you were going to go on to do? Or is it something that's more recent? Not at all. I mean, I come from a country where it was communism. It was really bad, you know. So dreaming to even come here was, like, impossible. And then in 1990, you know, everything went out, like the, uh, the the Berlin Wall and all that. So we came out finally. No, the idea, I mean, I like it because, you know, my grandmother always cooked for us, you know. And that's why I get all these dishes from her. But uh, I never thought, I mean, I always wanted to, but it was like an impossible dream, you know, because mm. very difficult. What was food like growing up as a kid in Albania? It was... Uh, necessity first because it was very poor in other times so you have to be more um my my grandma used to be like a creative you know with uh whatever we had so i have to pull it out but it was fun it was also put all together you know in the same table so it was great and uh yeah when we when i moved here i worked at uh as a bartender in the beginning i mean busboy and then bartender and yeah and then he grew up you know this um I mean, I became more professional in that sense. And then he grew on me. He's like, I really want to open something, you know, where I come from because there's nothing in here. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, learning after 17 years and then there you go. Yeah. So yeah. you're really inspired now by your grandmother's cooking. Totally. Uh, grandmother and my mother, but mostly grandma. 
right now, could you tell me what your dream menu would be if your mom and grandma were to cook you a meal? What what were what would be the dishes that you would hope that they would make for you if they made you a feast? Well, we had this, you know, every Sunday, for example, we had bureg. You know the the the, the dough. Always, every Sunday, it was that. Or there is another dish. It's called pasticcia. You know, it's like a messy pasta with uh, like homemade feta cheese. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes, you know, we had fish or like seafood, and also always salads. You know, like a tomato it, because it was seasonal then. We didn't have like tomatoes, for example, in the in the winter. So everything had to be seasonal. So these are the favorite dishes that I grew up with. You know, like a. For example, bread was always there, like every Sunday. And then fish and meat. So kind of roasted, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. How is it for you now sourcing ingredients for Duo Cafe? Is, is it easy for you to find the quality that you want and the ingredients that you want for the restaurant in be, being in New York City? Now, yes, because we have the opportunity now, the, the, the important things from Albania, which wasn't possible before. And it's kind of easy in that way because, you know, the cheese and olive oil and all these, the, uh, the herbs and all these, like the jams and stuff, really they're important from there. And all very good quality. It's like uh, organic stuff, you know. So it's easy now, but then, no, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Can you talk about the olive oil that you use? Olive oil is so good. It's uh, it's uh, extra virgin olive oil it's from the south of um, Albania. It's called Borshi. It's by Riviera, uh, Albania Riviera, which is beautiful. It's unspoiled too, and it's uh, it's very high quality. It's very high quality, and it's delicious. I don't know. I really love it. Yeah, Carrie and Scott, is this making you hungry? Yeah. I don't think I've ever been to an Albanian restaurant. So I'm very curious about the menu. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to hear about what's what's on your restaurant menu. I'm yeah. already salivating. Please, please stop by any time. They're they're good. So we have a small menu. It's like traditional, but we have some casseroles. Also, we do. There is a, oh, the, my favorite dish also is like a top course. It's called it's like a yogurt casserole mm-hmm. with pieces of lamb. I don't know if you were trying we had that. that. You the had the that. first night we came in, it was like yeah. a rainy night, really and we good. had that. It comes out mm-hmm. bubbling in a clay dish. This yeah. is very typical, you know, like in the air, it's only us who makes it. And it's very, it's healthy, but it's also really delicious, you know. So make uh, from nothing, make something. Because it was yogurt, like homemade yogurt. And they came up with this idea, but it's a very old dish. So this is uh, one of my favorites. What's the role of yogurt in Albanian cuisine? It's uh, it's a main, you know, like yogurt and cheese, like uh, you know the white cheese, like feta cheese, or they call it here, mm-hmm. uh, because it was like a, I don't know the main ingredient, kind of, you know, and then other cheeses too. There's also another one is dry, but it's aged, so you had to wait for that, you know. Meanwhile, you can do ricotta or feta cheese right away, like instant, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was. Uh, I would say it was a big role, you know, like, I don't know how to explain. <laughs> uh, but it's important. And w- when a lot of the dishes at yes, your restaurant come burek, with a small cup of exactly, yogurt on burek, the side. For example, you uh, serve a little yogurt on the side, so it gives you more like flavor. Mm-hmm. And this is the, uh, the other yogurt dish that you do. And then there is another flea, you know, with uh, like crepe-like. Also, some use it with 
yogurt again. I use it with organic honey, and it's really, really good. Mm. I'm so, so hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we went this morning to David's Bagels, which is my favorite bagel shop on First Avenue. We ran into another neighborhood friend, Joaquin, from Pouring Ribbons. Um, it's it's awesome to kind of walk around the East Village. We all start work at like various weird times and kind of run into each other in the area. Um, but are, do you have some other favorite places to eat or drink kind of in the neighborhood if you want to slip out or are you like in the restaurant all the time? Oh my God, I'm, I'm in the restaurant all the time. <laughs> like I really have no time to <laughs> like uh, it's open seven days i'm eight days there you're open seven days seven days a week yeah that's crazy i know it's crazy i think people think like oh owning a restaurant so glamorous but you have to kind of do everything right you have to because it's it's your baby it's the first thing you know so you have to really make sure everything goes fine i guess you know the first year is gonna be like that and maybe i can i can take some time off Mm. afterwards if we survive the first year so you got to brand, you know, I mean, uh, build a brand or like people are happy and then they know and then little by little know so I can take a day off or something. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. How's the brand building for you? Like, do you enjoy doing the social media? Do you have somebody helping you with that stuff? I do everything by myself. Unfortunately, I don't have anything yet. <sighs> Because you, you don't trust the other people, you know, right, whatever, whatever the idea you have, you have to go for it. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, wow, this is it. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing what you're building, and um, you just made me so hungry again. Um, we are, you know, planning a weekend, having guests in town from out of town. You guys this morning uh, had bagels and then went to the 9-11 memorial, right? Um, how, how, I'd like to get your impressions. How was that this morning? I mean, it was <clears throat> it was impressive. I mean, the bagels, obviously, starting off the day, I've heard about, you know, how good this place was from you when you've been in town and from Carrie, and, and so everything was amazing. <laughs> These bagels are very important. <clears throat> the best ever, what I was told. What are the bagels like in Texas? Uh. <laughs> I'm not a foodie. They're a, they're a bagel. So, I mean... Are they? Yeah. Is this like a Thomas's frozen bagel? You, yeah, it's like a... Maybe the water's a little different, and it's like probably bread. imported. Mm. So <laughs> maybe if you're lucky, you can get some bagels from New York there. But that are big sizes. Or? They're just heavy and dry. They're mm. not yeah. chewy on. They're like they're you know crispy on the outside, chewy on the inside. That that's not happening where we are. Yeah, you know, it's they say it's the water, which we've disproven. If you listen to our very very nerdy bread show, Modern as Breadcrumbs, we have disproven the water. However, it is something different to have a bagel here than to have a bagel in other parts of the country i mean i don't eat a lot of bagels and today was amazing so it was it was wonderful um and then how was the museum it was it was incredible it's breathtaking um you know from years ago when it happened and obviously in 2001 to now seeing all that and having it right in front of your face again and the enormity um of both of the um the tributes i mean it was just it was impressive Mm -hmm. and breathtaking yeah, I think I think it's grounding for us when we kind of live here all the time, and it crosses your mind from day to day. Um, but to, I mean, it's still every time I like walk by the World Trade Center in that part of town, it's it's like a different experience. So, good good it's, way to start your trip. It's so beautiful there. It's very haunting and moving, and it makes you reflect and be very loving of life, uh, grateful for what you have, and it's it's just very beautiful at the same time. It's mm-hmm. a mixture of emotions. Very happy to be there. Yeah. 
Um, well, we're we're picking up the pace on your trip after this, uh, going to a restaurant that Carrie has been very excited about. Where are we going, Carrie? I may cry just talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love Hanoi House. Yep. It is just one of my favorite places. This, but your restaurant could be a strong favorite too. It yeah. sounds incredible. <laughs> I can't try. wait to go. <laughs> we got to get I it on the list. Take yes. me there oh yeah. Because I'll be thinking about it for the whole weekend. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we do love Hanoi House. Um, we have a lot of eating to do this weekend. Um, but also uh, coming up on Saturday, guys, it's the dance parade. New York City dance parade is this Saturday. Speaking um, of crying. Speaking of crying. Katie and I did some serious crying last in the rain last year, so no one could tell. Yeah, it was like, no, it's just raining on my face. It's just a sad rain. Inside my glasses. Uh, I had never seen the dance parade before. If you're not familiar, you should look it up. Just Google NYC Dance Parade. There are thousands of dancers. Um, I, I looked up the number and promptly forgot it, but there are 140 different dance groups, mm-hmm. each with their own music, each with their own outfits and choreography. They start uh, north of Union Square around 21st Street. Yeah, by the they flat come iron down. Kind of. Yeah, exactly. They come down and then they head over to Tompkins Square Park where there's like a big festival in the park at the end. I started having this thing happen to me, maybe when I was like 26 or 27, where all of a sudden, anytime I saw a parade, I would burst into tears. I have no explanation for why this <laughs> happens to me. I thought it was really weird. I, I like comic book, like tears, like shoot out vertically from my face and I, I can't explain it. But then, and dancing does the same mm. thing. And so then it was the dancing compounded with the parade and it was pouring rain and everybody was having an amazing time. And I was like kind of rushing around do, like doing my New York day. And I was like, I don't need anything. What is this loud racket? And then I saw it and I just burst into tears. And then I saw Hannah and Chris. And uh, similarly, they were also yeah. in tears. Uh-huh. And I, <laughs> I have to say, I think, because I'm usually not a parade weeper, you and my partner Chris shared that if he sees a marathon or a parade. Mm, marathons too, they're oh, terrible. Marathon. It's so funny. But for me, I think, like, being a New Yorker, you take for granted, like, all of the intercultural exchanges that happen and how rare and special they are and that that doesn't happen in every city, that doesn't happen... Um, in every part of the world and the dance parade really highlighted that because it was people from all over the world who were bringing a tradition from their home and sharing it really really joyfully and enthusiastically and like you know people using their bodies in that way to just be like I want to show you something that I love is it's incredible I'm getting I'm, I'm uh, I know right like now. okay uh, so here's what everyone to has this. to do this weekend is you go to the dance parade it's not gonna rain it's gonna be lovely then you go to do a cafe because you're gonna be a little hungry mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's gonna wrap up in the East Village you do get a little peckish watching other people exercise all around oh yeah, you. yeah it yeah, makes yeah. me hungry every time it's <laughs> almost like working out yourself yeah I've heard yeah I if, if I knew what that was like <laughs> Yeah, so it's going to be everything happening in the East Village this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's also the first weekend of the Stytown Green Market, if that means anything to anyone. Um, and also uh, another weird New York experience you can have in Stytown on the 18th is that, so Stytown has 10,000 apartments in it. This is very hard for me to grasp coming from a town of about 2,000 people. That's a lot. Um, but... There are 10,000 apartments. Once a year, they do an epic flea market where everybody takes all their crap out of their apartment and tries to sell it on the sidewalk where we have all come out together. It is a sight to see. So if you're interested, you should make your way to Stytown this Saturday. Um, come to Stytown, like come at 11, look at the flea market for a little bit, wander over towards Union Square or Tompkins Square Park, get a good spot, watch the parade, cry a little or not, 
go get a cocktail, go to do a cafe. There you go. You're welcome. Perfect Saturday. Planned your weekend for you. Done and done. So easy. It's going to be great. Is the parade going to go by the pickle guy? Um, no, but you could, if you're very ambitious, like my sister Carrie, we could go um, down to, God, they're on Delancey, right? We go down to Delancey, we could go to uh, Donut Plant and then the Pickle Guys and load up on donuts and pickles. It's got shaking yes. it? Sugar and vinegar. I'm in. <laughs> Somebody disapproves. Um, and then we'll, we'll do our whole agenda. It's going to be great. Uh, we need to take a very short break. And when we come back, we're going to chat a little more. And then we're going to subject you to our very, very difficult game of trivia. Dun, dun, dun. My name is Brandon Hoy co-owner of Roberta's, a super-duper-awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. My name is Korsha Wilson, and I'm the host of A Hungry Society here on HRN. A Hungry Society focuses on highlighting dope people doing amazing work in food, and we talk about how we can make the culinary world a more diverse and inclusive space. You can join the conversation by checking out A Hungry Society wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. And we are back. Welcome back to HRN Happy Hour. We are here with a very special guest, Bobian Dempsey from Duo Cafe in the Hi East there. Village. And also my family, Carrie Nichols-Williams and Scott Simonson. And uh, Scott, uh, you're a radio guy. I want you to give a plug for your radio show in Dallas. Is it available on the internets? Uh, I believe so. 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, Texas. Um, you know, I get on once a month or once a week, I guess, and we talk golf. Um, I am a director of golf in Dallas. I was so going to say, what qualifies you to talk about golf? Uh, we don't talk about a lot of food. You know, we're definitely uh, just got off last Sunday talking about what's going on in Bethpage this week. And so I'm sure I'll be on. I probably will have to call in from your apartment on Sunday morning <laughs> uh, and, and discuss what happened. Uh, so, yes, 105.3 The Fan. You can get it on the radio app. And uh, I'd love to have you all listen. So can we call in? No. Can I ask you my golf questions? <laughs> Absolutely. Have, like, what is golf? <laughs> okay, I have a question for you, because I, I, I'm slowly learning about sports through our beloved um, team member, Kat Johnson, who is the most enthusiastic sports fan in our office. Yes, um, she's HRN the, Sports Consultant yes, and yes. Communications Director, so she's slowly educating me. Mm-hmm. But, so, I, you know, the football has tailgating and... You know, there's a sort of a food tradition that surrounds football between either like, you know, Super Bowl watching parties or tailgating, et cetera. So is there, what are like typical golf associated bites? <clears throat> Good question, Hannah. Golf associated bites. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, anything salty after you're done. I mean, you're going to drink a lot of beer when you get done playing golf. Of course. Most golfers do spend a lot of time on the golf course drinking a lot of beer. So, as somebody who's the manager of the golf course, how does that uh, work out for you? Uh, it works out pretty good for the food and beverage department. Ah. I, mean, I want them off the golf course when they're not <laughs> drinking. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of chips and salsa. There's a lot of the easy bites after play. Um, it's all relative to what each course wants to kind of showcase. We do a lot more of the, 
appetizer type stuff that's easy to grab and go when they when they're done mm. i mean after a long day of golf you're out there for four and a half five hours what about for golf spectators golf spectators just sunblock <laughs> um you know talking about i mean a few weeks ago obviously about a month ago now the masters was on and they had you know pimento and cheese sandwiches they went back to their roots of they still sell it for 250 they sell a draft beer for four dollars not near the pricing that you see here or at our own <laughs> facility. Um, I mean, it, you know, in New York City, I'm sure the beer is a little bit more. And at our facility, the beer is a little bit more. And sandwiches cost a little bit more. So um, they still hold true to what they did way back when they started the Masters. And that's, you know, cheap sandwiches, affordable for everyone. Um, and so for the spectators, it's a long day of golf if you're going to watch golf and try to eat all day. Mm. Um, I try not to eat for four hours while I'm while I'm playing golf or watching golf. Uh, but again, easy easy bites. Um, a lot of chips and salsa. A lot of um, we get a lot of sushi, grab and go type mm. stuff. So yeah, a variety of food. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. I'm I'm like picnic. Let's go on a picnic. I mean, if Carrie and I are watching golf, I let her pick the menu. I that is I just, very smart. I just eat. <laughs> okay, Carrie, what's your golf menu? My golf menu, mm. you know, I mean, this might sound a little Southern, but I'm still a fan of the hot dog. I mean, you are a from Texas. Of, I mean, we love of, hot dogs here. I That's mean, not Southern. Yeah, We're on the same team. You talk That's about true. grab and go, and it, you really, it really is grab and go. You're, you're playing the front nine, you're having a beer, and then taking the turn, and you're, you're definitely working up an appetite. And, um, you know, what can you, you know, put in the golf cart and eat while you're playing? And, and I have actually a funny story. We had pizza at the turn once and one of my friends asked the gentleman who's making the pizza if he could put pickled jalapenos on the pizza and he didn't quite hear her right and he sliced up pickles and put it on the pizza but you're playing because golf is such a mental game so you're mentally tired more than physically tired (laughs) and even pickles on the pizza was still pretty good (laughs) i think that might be golf brain I don't know. I mean, you are kind of a pickle freak, but... I am a pickle freak. It's true. It's true. I'm a pickle freak, too. I'm right there with you. Um, Okay. Well, we're almost to trivia. We need a little moment to perk up. Bobian, last question for you. Uh, Can you talk about your coffee program at Duo Cafe? Because you have some amazing contraptions in there um, for your coffee service, and I would like to know more about it. Yeah, we serve coffee, um, like a different types of coffee. It's, um, we have Albanian coffee, which is like... Um, this the, is not coffee grown in Albania, no, just to be clear. No, yeah, there's no coffee grown in Albania. <laughs> but it's like a Turkish style, kind of, but mm. it's uh, imported from there. So that's why we call it Albanian coffee, because it's uh, made there, I mean, packed, packed there. Mm-hmm. Also, we do have uh, locally brewed, like, espresso, I mean, it's, the coffee is from upstate New York. It's Italian-owned, but it's local. You know, so now it's the big trend. But it's really, really good coffee. And then we we serve that in a, in like a, in a kind of those uh, teapots, you know, and it makes it more interesting. It's it's very good though. It's like that that steampunk kind of percolator right. thing and that has like multiple chambers that kind of goes in. That is the vacuum coffee. It's 18, 19 centuries. Wow. That's so really cool. good, yeah. So it's like a, a vacuum siphon coffee and then it, it goes like this. So you, it, it has two sides, right? One is the uh, the tank who holds the water. The other side is the glass. Mm. 
that you add the coffee and then you heat it up the tank so it goes it's all sealed so it heats up the water and then it goes through the siphon pick up the coffee and then goes back so back and forth does a shift for you mm. and it's also with uh it's on uh, alcohol or gas i mean it's uh how can i explain it? yeah the fuel like the, the, fuel. the heat you you light it's a fire a, under it the alcohol yeah, yeah. you fi- you like you a sterno butane exactly. yes. yeah um is so is albabian coffee like turkish coffee in that it has spices yeah, you know, it's like high work is like, cardamom. yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Do you know the Turkish coffee kind of? Yeah, yeah. I've had Turkish coffee oh. before. It's it's similar. Yeah, it's very similar. Seasoning. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. Yeah, and then, if somebody knows, you know, how to read the cup, you can also do that. Ooh, got some yeah. fortunes read. Oh, do you know how to do that? No. Do you know anybody who does? Sure. <laughs> okay. Just pretend. We, it's we a, might, yeah, we you can pretend. About that. That. Yeah. East yeah. Village is full also of... Uh, oh, God, there's so many. There's a brand new one right around the corner, yeah. actually, next to the barbershop, that this fancy one on Avenue yeah, B. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I saw it this morning. Yeah. it's. Uh, it, I think it just came in the last mm-hmm. few days. It looks very fancy. They have a neon sign. And it's like a very, like, it's like glass. Very chic. Very chic fortune teller. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, this is going to bring us to the part of our show where we do trivia. I feel like it's either going to be really, really hard or you're going to nail every question. Um, so... The walls at your place have lots of photographs of famous Albanian people. Um, so we have a little bit of Albanian celebrity trivia today. We try to uh, do a different theme every week. Um, so uh, we're trying to make them uh, sort of food-related where we can. So um, the others have not seen the questions. Everyone is on your team. You guys are all together. This is shouted out trivia. You don't have to write down your answer or anything like that. Um, so we're going to start off question one. Which Danish chef who is a co-owner of Noma, has an Albanian father and grew up taking bus rides back and forth to visit Macedonia. Uh, René Rijepi. It's too easy. Too that easy. is the best restaurant in the world. Noma, Noma. yes. Noma. Have you been? Not yet, but three years in a row, best number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll be your, when you have your first day off. Yeah. In your cafe. <laughs> exactly. Hop on a plane. <laughs> Take a little jaunt to, to Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Yes, yes. First it's going to be great. Um, okay. Which longtime talk show and game show host's family lived in Italy but is of Albanian descent? If this is too hard, I have a hint. You Reg- know it. Regis Philbin. Too easy. Too easy. <laughs> <laughs> Do all Albanians know each other? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which Albanian performer made it the furthest in the Eurovision finals? The, the year was 2012. They made it to fifth place. I don't know. It was Aurela Gatcher, maybe? No. Mm-mm. Oh, uh, Eleni Pereira is for Greece? No. No. Because last year we had three Albanians for different countries. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Last year it was <laughs> for, for Italy, it was an Albanian guy. Ours, it was also for Cyprus or Greece, it was Eleni Pereira, it's called. Uh, I can tell you the song name because I think we might not have been um, fully up on the Albanians from other countries. Mm. Um, the song was called, um, you're going to hurt in my pronunciation, Sus? S-U-U-S? Oh, Rona Nishli. Yeah. yeah. This she is, was very good, yeah. This is very impressive. Mm. We only have one more, but you've okay. already won <laughs> trivia. <laughs> um, and actually, you might 
already have this one. Who is Albania's Eurovision 2019 entry? Yonida uh, Malici. Yes. How did you know all of these? Because we, you know, we wow. know each other. You, know. <laughs> you guys are like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, congratulations, Bill. You. you have won our I have to say game. one thing because I, 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 I forgot it. She's going to kill me. All this, who makes it happen is my wife. She, I mean, I said the grandma, you know, but mm -hmm. she's behind it. And then, so we bring together, you know, because she, luckily she met her, you know, before she passed. So mm -hmm. she's a she's a great great cook. So without her, this place wouldn't work too. You know, so how much of the cooking is your wife doing? Too? She's done. She's doing all the cooking. And we wow. have you know helpers and stuff. But yeah. She, so it's between me and her, right? But she's the the main ingredient. She has it here. But it oh. also says the B word. <laughs> <laughs> so B, I'm the main ingredient. You oh. Know? Yeah, it's funny. But. What's her name? Aida. Oh. I'm really looking forward to meeting her. Yes. The food has been just so amazing. Thank you so and, much. Uh, it's very awesome it. of you to shout her out when she's the real force back there. Thank you so much. Um, and uh, that's going to bring us to the end of HR and Happy Hour. It's been another wonderful Thursday. I want to say a huge thank you to our special guest, Bobian MC. Oh, thank you for having me for real. Thanks Such for coming pleasant. out to thank Bushwick. You. Thank you. We'll have you back anytime, and I will see you around the corner often. All right. Uh, huge thank you to Scott and Carrie for joining us today. We'll be seeing you this weekend. You certainly thank will. You. <laughs> <Absolutely>. Thank you. <laughs> um, thanks, Amanda, making us all sound great. Thanks, Hannah. Thanks, Katie. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, indeed. Let's go to the roof. I'll, I'll see you there. Okay. Enjoy the sun, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the food world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. Thank you for listening.